And we are back. This is Joanna Pitt, and I'm here with Andrea Wright, and we're going to dive right in. Yes, we are. Cause- to a concept called the grand the granddaddy. <laughs> the granddaddy power period. TM. Uh, this is from Jan Spiller. So I've been... I got this book by Jan Spiller, who's an astrologer. She's passed away. Um, And years ago, she wrote a book about the North Node. And um, my computer's doing something funny. And so I got very interested in that because the North Node is your destiny. And it's a full-on book. And then I saw that she'd also written a book about um, new moon intentions and new moon astrology. And um, she had... she talked a lot about North Node in there too. So I got that book also. And I realized this was a whole technology for writing intentions. And this was for me back in 2015 that I came across it, I think. And Guru Jagat was aware of it because, you know, she was, she was very deep into astrology too. And so her methods for writing intentions were influenced by the Jan Spiller also. But the premise is every new moon, um, right when the moon is new, and she's very specific. So get the book if you want to. It's called New Moon Astrology by Jan Spiller. Um, and you want to watch the void periods, you'll 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 read about that. Don't worry about it. But it's basically you write 10, 10 intentions. And she's like, only 10, because if it's more than 10, it gets diluted. And for each new moon, she gives all of these examples of things that you can write intentions about to use the new moon energy. So if it's a new and- moon... Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is it themed based on the sign that the new moon is in? It's, it's okay. themed on the sign. It's also She also has themes for if your north node is in a certain sign. So you can write intentions about, so say it's like new moon and Capricorn. Um, you could write a lot of intentions about like, you know, strengthening your career or just, you know, I'm using the buzzwords for Capricorn. And in addition, to make it more personal, if you have a North Node, like I have a North Node in Scorpio, so I can, I can. It's also very relevant to write intentions about, you know, death and taxes. <laughs> but um, she has this thing called the Granddaddy Power Period, which is when the Sun is in your eleventh house, and you can calculate it based. You know, there's different house systems, so. Pick your house system. I go to Jan Spiller's website and they have a free plugin where you can put in your your birth data and they'll tell you exactly what days your power period are in. I believe she uses Placidus. I think so, yeah. That'll be, those will be the days. So for me, the granddaddy is like January 23rd to February 23rd, something like that. I mean, I know, I know I'm up on the 23rd. So (laughs) my personal method is I take index cards and I, I draft, I'm a writer. So it's like, I want, and I'm also a manifesting generator, specific manifester. I know how important it is to have specifics in there for me and, you know, not be too rigid about it. So I, I, I write out examples. I see how it sounds to me. I'm like, okay, does this cover it? Does this, does this, does this work? Okay. And so you're saying that you draft them beforehand and I can Okay. I mean, look, you know, Remington said to me once, think about it. You know, people really just want three things, love, health, and money. Like, 
I mean, you can, you can categorize your life. You can like spread things out and be like, all right, what are some material things I want to bring into my life? What are some relationship things I want to work on? What are some personality? Like you can go, that's what's so great about the book is it, it, she gives examples for the whole swath of the human experience. I mean, look, it's very cute. I was reading some of my old ones because I, I also just think about like, I, I, I use the same intention sometimes because same thing, love, money, relationships, like patterns don't change necessarily unless I actively try to change them. So <laughs> I'm so embarrassed when I'm going to say this. So one of my intentions before I moved to Sedona was I easily make contact with aliens. <laughs> like what? It's just it's so cute. <laughs> it's like... And you know, the other ones though, like it was kind of cool because like last year's granddaddy period when I wrote my 40, I um a lot of them I could toss because I did them already. It's like we have the perfect dog. Okay, here's the thing. We have the perfect social dog um in our home. And Ian and I were laughing because our dog is like obsessed with us and people. Like he's obsessively social. It's annoying. I was like, oh wow, we really we really went for it, didn't we, on that? Um, but just really quickly, just in terms of the technology of it, yes, I draft. I'm very careful of how I word them. And then once I have like the perfect intention for me, I write it on a card, on an index card. And I have 30 days for the granddaddy. So I just kind of had, it's like a daily meditation. Like, oh, that's something I could, I could put down. And by the time um, the last day that the sun is in my 11th house, I copy it into a journal. And that's my sort of ritual committing, contracting myself. And then I literally forget about it. Like I put it away and I actually don't think about it much at all. Did and do you, did you go back this granddaddy period? Did you look back for, to last year? Yeah, and it's just you know, I mean, like I said, there's you know, there's some material things like you know, we get the perfect pickup truck for the business, and we did, we got it, great. The dog, we got it, great. Um, I was about to embark on a really long trip to Greece, and and I one of my intentions was it's smooth, it's wonderful, I have a great time, blah blah blah, and I did. So I think the material things are kind of, in a way, they're the easiest to kind of push a button on because it's like, all right, well, I finance or I do this or I find a way to do this. And there's other things that are ongoing, like I easily trust my instincts or I always find myself in the right place at the right time. Um, One other thing I want to say, a lot of the intentions that she writes, that she offers, the examples they contain the verbiage, I want to, and I don't use that in my writing. That's something Michael Lennox and I actually talked about. If I want to, that's putting want out into the ethers. Like that's, I don't want to want anything. I'm, I'm, and you know, it's, I think it's very important that when we cast these spells, which is what we're doing, is we put ourselves in the place of it already happening. It's easy. It's fun. And that's the second technical thing I want to add. And she does write about this. Um, I always add the tack or I always incorporate in fun, easy ways, in creatively satisfying ways. Because look, 
you can make a bunch of money on an insurance claim and that might not be fun. <laughs> I'm very I'm very serious. Like yeah. money can come to you in any way shape or form. Mm. I'm I think we have to be a lot more sophisticated with it and be like cuz you know I mean I can go get some some job that's soulless and draining and pays me, you know, over six figures. That's that's my lifeblood though and I'm, I'm I I want money, I want abundance, I want health to come in positive beneficial ways not because I'm a victim of something. Right, right. This is this is good stuff. All right. So I'm actually entering into my period because I have um, my 11th house is Pisces and Mm -hmm. we're entering at the time of this recording, we've just entered Pisces season. So Mm -hmm. the sun in Pisces. So I have a period of time. And again, either in whole sign, it would be just, you know, every the 30 days of Pisces season approximately. Or um, in Placidus or Porphyry, I actually think I get a few extra days, as you mentioned as well. It's like a little bit more than a month. So I'm looking forward to doing this. And and I like this idea of the, like, of really deep, deep, like really knowing and spending time to think about what it is actually that you really want. And one thing that differs between you and me, obviously both manifesting generators is I'm a non-specific. Mm-hmm. So I need to spend a little bit more time in the energetic and the feeling of the experience rather yeah. than the actual uh, specific outcome. And so that in some ways gives me a little bit more flexibility, but in in many ways it actually prevents me or has prevented me from really being clear of what I want because sometimes I think so much and then I just, it's too overwhelming. I can't get specific enough. And to narrow it down, it's like, I'd love to have a bigger house. Well, is it two bedrooms or three bedrooms? And does it need to have a separate laundry room or can it be in the hallway? You know, and it's all of those things. And that's where I get tripped up. So, um, but I like this idea that I can think about it and draft it and put it in pencil and really refine it over a period and then kind of set that intention during the period to to yeah. let it let it go for the year. Well, and I think too and that is kind of the beauty of us being different in our manifesting qualities because you know, for all of us it's striking a balance. Like I you know, I can get word perfect and we all have to let go and detach from outcomes. Like we all have to, we still have to like, if I color in every, every dot of, of the picture, then the universe, God, inspiration has no say in it. And it's kind of like, it's very one-sided. So I also love that. I just say, I just love that you have it in Pisces because Pisces is Look, Pisces season has always been real good to me in terms of my creativity, my letting go, my dreaming, like giving myself time and and space to just let myself be in that Pisces space of just creativity and oneness. And I mean, you can talk more about what the Pisces archetype offers us because it's a huge offering. And even like so tracing back to my old, my other uh, intentions, because again, and the reason also we should say that 
that we do it when it's in the 10th house, I mean, the 11th house, is that's the house of our hopes and dreams, which is something that often gets overlooked when we're talking about Aquarius. I, I forgot. I didn't even remember why. Like, why is it Aquarius? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's giving yourself that permission to just let the mind wander and be like, well, that'd be nice if I had three bedrooms. Two bedrooms could work, but no, seriously, like, or you can, you could even just frame it as, or need, better, right? Yeah, you, you need a frame. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do need like, you know, you need floors underneath you and walls around you. But I'll tell you my, cause like buying a house was a big deal for me for years. And that was an intention. And I mean, yeah. Are there hardwood floors? No, but is, you know, what it, those, those are sort of details that like give or take, like, oh, I can live with that. Oh, it's safe. It's quiet. Things that I don't actually have a lot of control over are all in place. I didn't even think of that. Thanks. Thanks God universe inspiration for filling that in for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting. This 11th house, um, the, the, the place of our you know, in some ways, our almost our wildest ambitions. It's our future, the future experience of ourselves, and I think that that's mm. it's interesting because that's this Aquarian energy, and then it, the twelfth house is the Pisces house, which is mm-hmm. where we are now. And so they do go. You can in the zodiac watching the archetypes move throughout, right from one to twelve, and certainly the houses from one to twelve. And that eleventh house is that state of like this higher vision, right, or a higher state of consciousness, or really elevating to this, you know, beautiful experience of of what you want for the great are good, right? For all of humanity and for yourself, certainly too, out there in the world in that being state of, 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 of joy and, and truth and, and, you know, your wildest dreams. And then you take that into the 12th house where it really just kind of goes crazy in a way where it, it really amplifies up to that deepest state of source integration and yeah. unity consciousness and you know deepening and and spreading out into the dream world and the deepest you know recesses of that the waters right the ocean the creative yeah. flow of the universe in the 12th house so it is it is a beautiful way to sort of put the dreams out there while the sun's moving through your 11th house and then let it vibrate while the sun, you know, right after that, when the sun then moves through your 12th house, which is sort of this culmination of this journey that you've been on and the sun has been on in your own natal chart through all of the houses, right? And then once it crosses your ascendant and goes back into the first house, you begin again. Yeah. And then you have a whole other year to move through different experiences and different, you know, learning and new people that come into your life, new relationships or, you know, forging deeper paths through, you know, your business initiatives, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of a, I like looking at the Zodiac really in this cyclical way. And I think the more you do these practices and these rituals as you talk about here with this sort of granddaddy period of while well, the sun's in your 11th house, it does give you a sense, I think, over the longer term of how energy is moving. Yeah. Because you're putting your intentions out towards your future hopes and dreams 
you know, your aspirations, your goals, what you want, how you see yourself, that those higher timelines, the better frequencies, right? The place that we want to live and experience and be creative and allow, and then to sync with this universal flow and just putting that in place and then going about your life, just living your life. No, it's so beautiful because I haven't, just listening to you talk makes me think too that the 11th house, that's kind of where you can, that's where you go to meet your higher self. Mm -hmm. I said that I got this whole vision of like, you meet your higher self who's like, listen, this actually is how much better it can be. This actually is the vision that we had. And taking kind of like a meeting of the minds. And then you have all of Pisces, you have all of your 12th house to really release. And like, do we do that? Do we, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I mean, but the more I can contemplate on it, it's like, do you really release these, these, um, these intentions? And like in a monthly period in the new moon, like we write our intentions, we seed them. And then we kind of see what, you know, let it go. And then that first quarter moon phase is is technically a conflict because you kind of start to see which intentions stick or like which, where's, where's the energy sticking and going and what's okay. What's really not, what's falling away already. Um, as, as, and as that energy grows into the full moon period. So it's not a lot of time. It's like a week. Whereas when once you've done your granddaddy and you're in the the sun is in your is in your twelfth house and at this time collectively we can all appreciate the sun being in in Pisces which is similar energy right mm-hmm. it's the same it's the same like same vibe and to, you know it was something we talked right before we started too I was I've been thinking about how Pisces is also a death um a death sign we get so caught up with scorpio being death and transformation and skulls and the underworld and also a water sign you know though the scorpio you're going deep 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 down into the dark well the watery depths and pisces is like ah that dissemination the fog the mist the neptunian um but the release and honestly like I can, it's, it's hilarious. I always buy all these fiction books in Pisces when, when, when I'm in the 12th house and it's Pisces season, cause I have a natural chart. So it's like double, double suddenly I can, I can read that fiction. I can dream. I'm, I'm writing again now. Like, you know, this is, it's become, I'm really committing a discipline to myself for it. And I'm, I'm aware I'm aware that this might just be for a month where it's like, but I'm also aware that the energy, that's where the energy is for me. And it's, it's, you know, make hay, which is odd because it's a very, you know, productive time when, you know what I mean? When, when, when it's also a time of release and whatever. So the 12th house is very interesting. It's the house of the dream world. It's the house of the subconscious mind. Um, again, it's this culmination of the zodiac, right? Everything that came before now is integrated in this final moment where it's all the material and all of the creativity and all of the spiritual, and it's all coming together in one place for this sort of 
like apex almost, right? But at the same time, because it's so vast and big, things can get lost there. And you literally can get turned around and upside down and sideways. And I always, you know, really deep, go deep into the analogy of the ocean because Pisces is a water sign. It is ruled by the planet Neptune. And even in um, more ancient or non-modern, can I say non-modern astrology? Um, Jupiter. Jupiter is the uh, ruler, was the ruler of Pisces and Jupiter is about vastness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of expansion there. So, but this idea of the ocean, right? The ocean is giant and huge. It's from, from the shore, you can't even, you see a horizon line, but you know, like, does it end there? You know, where does it go? Where I'm lucky to live, you know, here in California, I get to see the sunset down, you know, over the ocean and and watching the sunset and watching the sun just disappear behind the water, right? And the reflection of it. And it really puts you in this state of awe. And that's this 12th house. That's this Pisces energy. Because the thing with the ocean is that or any body of water, a lake, you know, even a river too. It's like you you tiptoe in yeah. and it seems all fine. And certainly here in the in the Pacific Ocean, it's like you just sometimes you can just like stroll out, you know, and it's super shallow for a long period. And then you take one step and you've lost your footing. Yeah. And it's like there's some there's something down there that you don't see, or you're swimming in the ocean and all of a sudden some some kelp, you know, wraps around your yeah. leg, or you're like, what is that thing like touching me? And someone says, Oh, there's fish in this lake, and you didn't you can't see them because underwater the depths are so significant but really unknown and unseen and so while there's so much freedom and creativity and flow and balance and you know buoyancy in the water there's also you know hidden objects and hidden fears and hidden enemies and you know there's sharks down there you don't know where they are yeah and so it's a really it's it's just an interesting um part of our psyche as as all of these archetypes are right this part of our psyche is the part that we want to explore and we want to go deep in but it's a little scary and you know us and our, I'm sure you've probably had some of these experiences too of like going doing hip some type of hypnotherapy or like mm-hmm. a hypnosis or getting into, you know, if you've ever done yoga nidra or you're going into a deep theta state and it's like you're literally walking and wading into this subconscious area of the twelfth house and you don't know what you're gonna find. And yeah. people get very freaked out about that. And some people are like, no, 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 I fucking love it here. Like <laughs> this gives yeah. me so much energy. Um because the other piece too along those lines is that the 12th house is the how one of the houses of our psychic abilities yeah so really tuning in to the higher again we get figure out what where what our higher mind wants to tell us in the 11th house and in the 12th house now we're having an exchange now we're in the flow of it and we're really like you know listening so 
a lot of us have some type of psychic sense. It might be straight intuitive faculties. I just know, you know, sometimes it might be voices or my guides are telling me this or like the noise, you know, and they get very clear verbal messages. They hear the voices and some people see, they see signs, they see butterflies, they see dragons, they see as, as you've put it into the ether, you know, the aliens, they're, they're here for me and I see them. Um, so it's, it's, it's a place that is a huge place of discovery Yeah, as well. And, and to, to your point, the death, right. The, like the final the final piece where all the, where the puzzle kind of comes together and there's a release back into the universe. Yeah. And like, I think too, it's, it's just, it, it's just that letting go that I think can be so confronting yeah. for, for many of us is for me, even trusting that, like saying to myself, like out loud, verbally, Andrea, it's okay and safe for you to take two hours in the morning to devote to your writing practice. It's, it's uh, let go. You're safe. It's like, let go, like close the door, da, 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 do what you got to do. Give, like, give myself a container really to just whatever. I mean, whatever. And, and, and also just letting whatever come through, like type away. Is that what I want to say? Who cares? Write it down. Like, edit later. We'll get it in post. (laughs) Like giving, giving that, that flow time. Um, so, and I think too, and you know, to your point about the psychic ability, you know, I don't, I mean, I have Jupiter on my ascendant, which is like just in the 12th house. Like it's, it's a degree before my ascendant. So technically it's in the 12th house, but I've never looked at my chart. At, you know, people are like, well, look in this area of your chart to see if you have psychic ability. And it's bullshit because we all have psychic ability, as we know. And to me, it's it's more like what, you know, what your city, S-I-D-D-H-I, we talked about that in the last episode. Like, you just have, everybody has a certain attunement. Yes, some people see things. Yes, some people... Uh, hear things audibly. Some people write things. Some people have a very tiny, tiny idea, a very, you know, blink and you miss it. And yet that is a psychic ability. And I think that the more we also just admit and just accept that we got it, there's, we are all tuned in to connect with that higher self. We are that higher self. It's, In many ways, as we've learned in the in the yoga practices, it's just about, you know, breaking down the walls brick by brick sometimes or taking a sledgehammer to the, you know, these veils of separation that we've created for ourselves, that belief patterns and, and programming and school and all, you know, all the opinions of people that weren't very helpful have created this weird little membrane separating ourselves from what we know is actually the truth, how things can be better. No, that's not the reality you set in to, to embody. Actually, you know, boom, 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 boom. Here you go. And I think in some, and, but also to your point about it being kind of a fearful ocean to dip your toe into. I mean, 
the face of God can be dazzling. I mean, you yeah. know, melted that guy's face off and Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, it's like, don't look right at it. It is. Yes. And this is, this is part of it. It's this oneness, right? It is literally like communing back with God, being, be understanding there is no separation, right? We are all one, this unity consciousness. And also it's the place of the higher and highest love, right? Neptune is the higher octave of Venus. And this is the highest love that we integrate and have relationship relay with God force or, you know, goddess, if you will. And I, um, I was talking or I don't know, I don't know where this came from, but when people die and the energy, they let go of the physical body and the energy moves into the subtle realm, right? The subtle body and the soul body come together after death and sort of reintegrate into the next phase. That is a state of ultimate love and ultimate beauty. And there is no, you know, the, the darkness and the weight of the 3d is no longer there. The body is no longer limiting them. That, soulful, subtle experience of the self. And that's this, that, that is ultimately the, the ideal, this sort of death state where it's, there's pure peace and pure love. Can we embody that here on earth, you know, while we're in the 3D, even just I, you know, thinking about it or ideating it or feeling it in your body, what does that sensation feel like and know that your loved ones on the other side who are helping you and guiding you and your angels and guides and spirits and the archangels and you mm-hmm. know all of the davic realms etc are here blessing us for our you know for our highest and best good and sort of working through the other the other realm right mm-hmm. and that's again this psychic ability so mm-hmm. some people that have more planets in their natal charts, for example, or more activity in that 12th house might experience that more directly or more obviously in the 3D, mm-hmm. right? Which certainly to your point is like, we all have psychic ability. The question is how loud is it and how much do we want to live there? How Because some people too, and we know people that are like this, which is like, it's so much, it's too much of a burden to bear and they turn it off. Yeah. Or what happens is this is where things go awry and it's like they're, they have mental illness, right? Like I hear voices, you're mentally ill. Now I think there's more acceptance for this and understanding of how to use this as gifts. But at the same time, people legitimately get caught up with this where the voices are twisted and turned and there's no, the nervous system can't hold the information or the frequency. And so it very much comes out of, uh, in a negative way. Yeah. And so 12th house too, me- mental illness, that's yeah. part of it. Well, and it's also, and also like hospitals and prisons and like environments of putting people away, yeah. like hiding people away from, you know, quote unquote society. And, you know, I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> That's a whole other realm, really. 
but just you said so many great things like the merging so i think i know i think because i think somebody asked me and i think it was actually one of your clients that you had that conversation with because somebody asked me so when you die is it the subtle body and the radiant body but it's everything it's basically everything above right pranic body subtle body it's the subtle body and the soul so the soul is the first body this is the kundalini yoga technology that we're referring to. Yes. And, the, yeah. and, and thank you for saying that. Just, um, you know, yeah. Contact. We, we work with this 10 body system and um, the soul body is the first body, number mm-hmm. one, and the subtle body is the ninth body. Right. And the at the time of death, the soul and the subtle body merge and they become the 10 the radiance ah. and the moves on into the next realm. Yeah. And it's interesting. I thought a lot about this because it, you know, there's the supposition that, you know, there's multiple lifetimes, there's 8.4 million lifetimes. So if you, if you ascribe to um, understanding that the soul moves throughout time and space and goes through multiple incarnations, million, you know, the soul's on this vast journey. And I've been thinking a lot about this because, you know, there's your experience. Now it's like, okay, I have an experience of myself in this time. I have an experience because of my DNA and my family, right? And the the blood that runs through me and my physical makeup. Um, The culture that I was brought into, right? The, um, the heritage, the lineage of my family line and the, the choices and things that have happened through there, there's adoption in my family line too. So it's like, there's the, you know, the blood family and then there's the adopted family and okay, well, those are different things. Those are different energies. Um, and then there's me, my own soul, there's my, and then there's my soul's journey over lifetime, over lifetime. Cause you think mm-hmm. about past lives and it's like, I was an Italian fisherman. I was a nun. I was a warrior. You know, yeah. I, I had a lot of things. There were a lot of nun lifetimes, a lot of nun and monk lifetimes. in, in fact, but no, I but, agree. I think, I think that's how, I think we originally met in some convent probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in some convent somewhere, uh, and <laughs> So you've got all of these things. So then I think, okay, well, is it the subtle body? I think for me, it's the subtle body that's been informed with the DNA of this lifetime mm-hmm. that I take on that integrates with the soul over time and space. This mm-hmm. is my theory. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out because it's like, have I never had this incarnation in this you know, with this DNA structure and like, Mm -hmm. how can this DNA structure impact my soul to advance my soul's, you know, path really over lifetime, over lifetime, over lifetime, because otherwise it would just be like, you're starting at the beginning each time. And with the sort of, I don't want to call it a goal, but the ultimate expression of no longer needing to incarnate, that the soul has done what the soul has needed to do in these expressions and experiences of these, whatever, like 50 years on earth or a hundred years on earth or however Mm -hmm. long the physical body lasts. I mean, yeah, like if we, if, if we look at the 8.4 million lifetimes and then you think about the infinite exponential parallel lifetimes you could be living as joanna right now right 
I mean, back to my did did, did I tell you my joke here about uh, I was listening to a very pessimistic person uh, pontificating on the future of humanity, and he's like, I mean, I think we're looking at extinction in a hundred years, and I was like, huh. So in that case, did I not come here to like you know? be a light uh, star seed or did I not come here to save the earth? Did I just come here for like one last hurrah? <laughs> like I know. I read, something, I read something that, that it we're going to, um, we're going to evaporate in 20 years. Okay. So then the, my question is then, did we all get a memo and be <laughs> like, Hey guys, earth is closing in 70 years. So if you want to get in on it, um, but then again, it's like, or, you know, are we earth 1.324 X, Y, G, G. And like that particular earth is going away where there's like really good barbecue and, you know, fun, fun swimming holes in Sedona. Like maybe, maybe those aren't in the next adjacent earth. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I mean, I can, I can go down a real, a real Scorpio Pisces rabbit hole on <laughs> But I wanted to just return to the point about, you know, our mental minds trying to quote, unquote, figure it all out. And the Gene Keys definitely covers, well, not doesn't cover, but definitely um, considers DNA structure. And let's not forget junk DNA, quote unquote. Let's not forget DNA that hasn't even activated DNA that they're like, yeah, we don't even know what this DNA is. And it's like, oh, really? But it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Well, if I do, what if I do all these weird yogic kriyas? Is that going to wake up a certain DNA in me and wake something up and activate something that I've never known about myself? Like, is that more of my higher self revealing itself? Like, I didn't even know I could be in a good mood in the morning. Like, look at that. I mean, that kind of thing. But um, can I say yes? I think that's amazing. I'm into that. I want to do that. Well, yeah. And it's, but it, you know, it's like that movie Limitless, I think with Bradley Cooper, like we use 5% of our capabilities as humans. And I think that's more of that Aquarius direction we're talking about, like things we didn't even know existed, things about ourselves we didn't even know we could do. And, you know, when I, when my mind gets a little, you know, starts running a little too fast trying to grasp at, you know, the, the ideas or whatever, the letting go, the being in just total quiet silence contemplation where I just imagine quote unquote, that there's no separation, that I am the trees. I am the wind. I take that pause for silence. That is when I find the through line, I suppose, of that higher love. And, you know, when you're describing when the soul leaves the body, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of someone actually dying. I haven't with a human, but to my, the two dogs in my life, I was present. And, you know, the, the it's possible, they've possibly been the most holiest moments of my life because the soul is leaving the body and it's, this is trite, but the heart breaks open. You know, you just, that, that love that releases from the body, it is palpable. It is tangible. I couldn't talk for two weeks when Knox left us a couple years ago. 
I couldn't talk when our when our fam I flew home for our family dog scout weirdest thing like my mom called me and she's just like scout's not good and this was like 2006 and I'm acting and waitressing and drinking and all the things and I'm like well I don't have time for this and like the next day I wake up crying and I'm like oh my god I can't stop crying and I turned to Ian I'm like I gotta go home it was just completely out of out of whatever but you know it's I, I mean, it's one of those mysteries, one of those beautiful mysteries that I think we'll, we will always continue to create art from. We'll continue to try to apply beautiful words to and make poetry. You know, I think that's you know, that line in our town where do people ever understand every, every moment? And then the narrator says, no, the saints and the poets, maybe they do some. And it's like, if we can you know, can we do that all the time, every day? No. Can we be psychic all the time, every day? No. I mean, shit's going to get done. And, you know, it's like, I see dead people. It's like, well, you got to like step back for a second here because I have to go to Whole Foods. Like, get out of my face. You know. And the same thing with, you know, I, I run into this a lot with crystals. It's like, I don't know if I shared this here, but I remember I went to, um, I was at some place buying crystals and the woman turned to me and she's like, do you, do you feel things when you pick them up? Like, do you have like, and I was like, you know, yes. And for, it's a very like, yes, no, that has energy that doesn't yes to that. No to that. And she's like, well, I had this woman and she would pick one up and be like, it burns. And I was like, okay, well she shouldn't be doing this as a business then. Like I don't have time to burn my hand every time I pick up something that doesn't work for me. Like we gotta go. Yeah. But you know, I think it's it's um it's a great gift to have your intuitive and psychic abilities open and receiving and it's it's our responsibility to integrate them into this 3D so that they're not overwhelming, they're not knocking us over all the time. Um I think it's extremely important for those of us that counsel people, work with people to have a really good grip on our own ego and a really good grip on, or at least a really strong perspective in how we deliver messages, how we discuss things with people, because it's not about us. It is about helping someone, you know, have the bigger experience of, of, of a good life that they want to have. And it's, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a big, wide, dangerous ocean to, to stick your foot in. And, you know, we do our best. We don't always say things the way we want to. They don't always come out the way we want to. And, um, you know, something Isabel Hickey said in her books, and she's the astrologer that, um, you know, she was like pioneering female astrologer in the last century. Whatever you say to anyone that's coming to you for some sort of um, spiritual insight or counseling, it's on you. You do not like, don't, don't you go creating karma for yourself. And, you know, any, any, you know, any, and I'm sure you run into this, like any, what could look like um, a challenging uh, transit coming through. It's our job to not freak the person out. And if you're going to point something out, have the solution in mind, be like, okay, this is here. This is present. And so is this. So 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of people want to know, they want specifics. And I, it's, you know, astrology can be predictive and it also cannot be predictive. And I guess it really just depends on the tools and just as everything, you know, if you go to a tarot reader, for example, um, and you're talking in general terms and it's sometimes you'll hear things and it's like, that's not what I wanted to hear. You know, yeah. you're, you're sometimes you, people will go, get a reading, any different type of, of healing or reading and they're, they're looking for a, a validation of, you know, the thing that they want. And it doesn't always work out that way. So it is, you definitely need to be aware of agendas coming in really on both ends. Um, I wanted to also mention that uh, something about Pisces and the 12th house as we've been talking about it. This is also the archetype of the creative and the artist, mm. um, those that have deep feelings. So I want to honor your, you know, your writing and and the fact that you're really, you know, putting a little bit of discipline around it too, because currently Saturn is in Pisces and Saturn is actually asking us to put a little discipline around these, around our mm. spiritual practice, around our creative endeavors, around this sort of idea of like this conscious unity energy, right? How do we, um, how do we put some boundaries down? And also like, if you're in a spiritual community for that matter, or on a spiritual quest, um, you know, just look around and see where there are authority figures or where you've given up control or ceded control to others, or, you know, where you need to take back control. And there's a whole thing going on in the zeitgeist around this sort of like victimhood. And, mm. you know, I, I was in a community and all of a sudden it wasn't just a community, it was a cult. And it's like, I was thinking about this, like, it's a real fine line between a community and a cult, right? Yeah. And and it's all your own, in, in my personal opinion, your own individual perspective. And also like, you know, I, well, I think there's a lot of things that go into this cult. I'm not sure. Maybe that's a conversation for another time, but um, we should, we actually should talk about it. I think, yes. And I just want to also insert like just some, some boundaries when it comes to like, oh, it's a cult. Sita and I have this joke where it's like, I'm a grown woman with a credit card. Some people might not have credit cards, but I, you know, if someone's not taking my keys, my ID, my wallet, I'm free to make my choices and go. I can always, I can always leave if something feels off. Yeah. That's just, and that is one, that is one tip of a very long discussion. A very long discussion. Uh, more to come, more to come. More to come. Yeah. But in terms of the thing around creativity and artists and poets and also actors, so there's a lot of um, creative, you know, people uh, who have placements in the 12th house or have Pisces placements. And the thing that's interesting is that they are in the highest form, really tuned in to that higher frequency of love or this like universal force, um, a universal creative energy, whatever that frequency is for them, that they're going into it to find a real exalted truth and yeah. a universality that they're bringing in either through their words, poetry, you know, songwriting, um, mm -hmm. through their music. 
And also interestingly, like actors, I'm thinking too, it's like they're going deep into the subconscious and going into characters, mm-hmm. universal, finding elements of universe, universality and presenting that to us as an audience that we can relate to it, right? Mm-hmm. In whatever way that we're coming at it. So ideally, you know, when you see an amazing artist or a play, you know, a, mo- a film, even television, some, you know, can will transport us into this other world because the the actors are bringing through a, something very very universal that speaks to all of us and i think that it's really important to um honor that when you know to have experiences and go and you know julia cameron um has the that book the artist's way which i love and it is so um it gives you tools and disciplines on how to sort of, you know, basically say like, we're all artists. But one of the things that she recommends is to do this artist date and take yourself once a week to something artistic and have an experience, go to a museum, Mm -hmm. go to a concert, you know, go, even if it's, you know, going to the local mall and like watching a a juggler, you know, it's like we're having a creative experience and we can tap into this Pisces 12th house, right? That universal mm-hmm. creativity by just very, in very easy ways, really. Um, I think it's better to go out of the house. So yeah. I don't recommend your artist date is like, I'm going to watch, you know, Gilmore Girls <laughs> into episode four. Uh, but <laughs> if I may, I I tried the artist way. And like many things as a manifesting generator, I got through to a certain point and then tossed it. And that was the artist date that held me up because at the time I was like, I have to go to the Getty this week. Like it was just, it became this total burden on me and this, and and I'm just sharing that because, you know, like with anything, when we, when things get too prescriptive or if they feel like something I should do, it's kind of the antithesis of, of being creative. It's like when you feel put upon, it's, it's restricting something. And I mean, I can get into like whatever subconscious patterns were ruling it, but um, I would love to consider how, what, what that, because it's very, again, buzzwords with our, with astrology. Oh, it means this. Oh, I should go to the theater. Oh, I should go to a concert. But what are actually other artist dates you could have? Like maybe it's just taking a sketchbook, even if you don't draw, yeah. wandering outside and being like, I'm going to try to draw this tree and just yeah. see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of it. Absolutely. Having an experience of art and creativity, whatever that means to you. Yeah. I do think though, it's helpful to go see others do because it also gives us permission to do ourselves when we're out of the habit. And, you know, again, having some kind of discipline around it and you'll hear, you know, so many writers, they you know, they sit down from what X time to Y time. And, you know, they do, even if they only write two words, they do have a discipline of just saying like, you got to get the words on the page and they all have different, um, approaches. I've heard Mm -hmm. so many different approaches, I think is fabulous. And and again, gives us again, more permission to like do it our own way and to discover what that might look like. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of meeting in the middle. It's like, look, I have a friend who's a very prolific writer. Um, my friend Bob's a screenwriter. And he would just look at me and be like, button seat. Yeah. Button seat. Because I'd be like, oh, I have this idea. And, you know, literally 10 years have gone by since I think we had that conversation. And, um, you know, he gave me that Stephen Pressfield book, um, Not Going Pro, The War of Art. War of Art. He gave that to me. And it's funny, I spent years reading other authors writing about writing rather than writing myself. So, you know, in this case, it's been, it really has been like, yep, it's all of these things. And I'm aware that where I'm at right now is the need to organize at this point. I've had an extremely vibrant life. And to me, it's like, well, I'm in Sedona. I live here. I have a business that runs from home. I can set my own hours. I mean, people would salivate at this opportunity to be able to sit and write the thing or at least give myself that chance. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, there's, there are, there are a million approaches. And then I think, and that's part of, I think for everyone is just finding your own process. And I mean, I've had a lot of com- stern conversations with myself <laughs> the last few days. Well, I was just really caught up in the Tucson whirl of everything and coming back. It's like, okay, I don't have travel plans. I'm here. What does Ian need? What does the dog need? What does the house need? What does life need? What does the business need? Oh, what do I need? What do, what's, what's, what's not leaving me alone right now? And I've had a devoted sadhana practice for years. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not shy about committing a little chunk of time to do something. So, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that I think is something that we actually didn't discuss about this Pisces and 12th house Ooh. area, which is meditation. And I think it's a perfect it's a perfect ending to this, since you and I are yogis and meditators and have really practiced for many, many years. And the benefits of that have been, you know, beyond description, truly changed probably I could say for you and myself, changed our lives for the better. And um so this is part of, you know, that this is very important is to take time for yourself, whatever that might mean for you. Mm-hmm. A meditative moment can be just a moment, right? And one breath, one mantra recitation, one, you know, song, one dance, one expression, uh, a poem, a haiku. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't need to be much and it doesn't need to be hours and hours and hours. It could be if that's what you like. Um, but to have that, it's sort of like that punctuation mark, right? Of the ending. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, the ending of the, of the physical, of the 3D, of all of that, where we go inside so far deep that we're listening to the core of ourselves, to that soul resonance. And just park there, you know, even for a you know a millisecond, if that's all that can that you can handle, because it'll grow and it'll strengthen, and that 
reconnection and communion with yourself is the reconnection and communion with with God and universal life force and universal energy and universal love. And that once that happens, we go back to begin again, right? It's like that final ending and every moment, every deep breath, every deep connection allows the springboard into the new. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as just, and I, I mean, we know this and I feel ridiculous saying it, but it's returning to the present moment. Mm -hmm. It's that it, and not making a big deal out of it, not making a big deal out of going on your artist date. It's like, I have the opportunity to return to my body in present moment. Every second I take a breath and you know, and, and, and the gene keys definitely, this is a big part of it is, is the contemplation of it. It's like, it's not grab and go. It's not fast food. It's not quickly satisfy this thought or this thing. It's, it's a life. It's like, you know, you can, you can have your entire life can be a meditation. I mean, in, in many ways, like you have your tasks. It's like, what am I pouring? What am I pouring my life force into right now? I mean, I was in the kitchen and the dog was doing something and I leaned against the kitchen table and I felt my hand on the wood. And it was this bizarre, like, oh my God, like, like my, like just actually feeling what it was to have my hand on the wood. It lasted a second. The moment I became aware of it, it went away because I'm like, I'm, I'm considering how my hand is touching the wood now and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, away we go. But, um, but yeah, the, the meditative quality that is available to all of us and, um, you know, the Gene Keys author, Richard Rudd said that he gets, he gets letters from cab drivers thanking him because they now love having a red light to stop at because they take it as an opportunity to pause. And I'm like, wow, Aries rising here. All those years of cursing the red light. Like, come on, come on. My mom, when she was driving us, you know, when we were just driving us around as kids, one of her, one of her things was, mister, it's not going to get any greener. I mean, the guy in front of her is not moving on the green light. It's not going to get any greener. All right. Thank you so much. Beautiful Thanks. conversation. Yeah. Lots Good. to learn. Find out when your granddaddy power period is. Put it yeah. in the calendar. Mark it. Yes. Make and it. If, you, if you love our podcast, give us five stars. Tell people about it. Write a, write a nice review. Um, if you don't have a nice review, just take that creative outlet somewhere else. <laughs> Good idea. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.